Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Hard Currency, the Financial Times podcast on the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and this week the dollar is once again rallying after Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell gave an upbeat assessment of the US economy and played down the impact of trade tensions. Meanwhile, the pound dipped below $1.30 for the first time in 10 months, as weak data piled on the pressure Brexit is already bringing on sterling. Which of these two trends is likely to stay the course? Is it the dollar which will keep marching higher? Is it the pound that's going to keep dropping? Or is it both? With me to discuss these two currency trends is David Bloom, Head of Currency Strategy at HSBC. David, let's start with the dollar. What did you make of Jay Powell's testimony this week? Uh, exactly what it said on the tin. I mean, the U.S. economy is doing very well and the Fed's raising rates. I don't know why anyone was surprised at that. And the dollar is marching on. And we've been quite bullish on the dollar yeah. for the last three months. And I've faced resistance from people everywhere, except Mr. Powell uh, pushed it along again. Well, we all said it was going to be dollar week at the start of the year. So yeah, we, well, we, we're still not sure. Really. Well, we went kind of sideways, uh, our view. And then we just capitulated uh, about three months ago. And we said things have fundamentally changed. Things politically have got worse than the rest of the world relative to the United States. Structurally, nobody seemed to care about the yeah. deficit anymore. That's been put in the little dark corner hiding away. And cyclically, the U- U.S. economy is barreling on. And meanwhile, the rest of the world, uh, we can take the U.K. as an example. We're going to raise rates. We're going to raise rates. Oh, no, we're not. No. And now we're coming to another one of those iterations. We'll come on to the UK, sadly, later. But what could get in the way? I mean, he went through some of these trade tensions. He, he referenced but didn't make much to me, deal of it. The big thing is if the Fed goes terminal, if he says, I think some people were waiting for him to say, yeah. look, I'm worried about the yield curve shape. Yeah. And they would kind of, the Fed would say, we're nearly towards the end. That would be a game changer. But we're nowhere near that. So uh, the dollar keeps marching on and people just don't want to recognize it. Uh, and meanwhile, as you were saying earlier, no one else is marching along. Policy diverges. Agencies, one of the big players, or was it last year, is now really seems to be the big player this year now. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that most people, uh, including ourselves, got wrong is we thought normalization would take place elsewhere. The US was in the lead. The Fed had kind of gone terminal as far as the market was concerned in 2017. And everybody else was now going to raise rates, whether it was Canada, the UK, mm. Norway, Sweden, Aussie, Kiwi. No one of them have. No. And the U.S. keeps barreling on. So the policy divergence come from both sides. Yes. And particularly with the Eurozone. I mean, we're talking September next year about a rate rise. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if I'll still be alive. <laughs> I hope you will, David. The other thing uh, which is quite clearly now developing is there's no what we call Powell put is there. You know, we had the Bernanke put. We had, you know, watching the markets back. But there doesn't seem to be any sign of it. He's not interested in in any attempt to to do other than what he's, as you say, says on the tin. Yeah. So uh, the Fed, they've got their dots. They've got their trajectory. And every year they tell us. And every year we don't believe them. And in 2015, we were right. The Fed was wrong. The Fed said we'll do four. They did one in December. So every year it seems to be a battle with the Fed saying we'll do four. And the market said, no, you won't. And 2019 is no different. The Fed saying we'll go kind of four and the market saying no you won't you'll go kind of two. So if the Fed do go four the dollar keeps going. 
So the consequences, uh, as you say, of this continuing strong dollar is for what? For EM currencies, and in particular the renminbi. On Thursday, we got to 680. Are you seeing that? Would they dare let it go to seven? Well, you say they let it go as though there's some puppet master in control. There is, though, David. No, but I mean, uh, everybody asked for this currency to be more flexible. Everybody asked for this currency for them to let go, and they've let go, and it's more volatile. And now they've let go. It's not a free-floating currency. It's not, but it's also moved a long way to much more open markets than they've had historically. So it's not like directly under control. Um, There is control, but you have to realize... The uh, Chinese have the GDP was disappointing. Uh, they've cut the triple R many times. Now, if this was just a normal economy and you said right. they're loosening policy and the economy is undershot and you said the currency is weakening, you go, oh, that makes complete sense. So why? It's a pseudo free floating currency. It is, but the, but the economy has been weaker and they've been loosening policy mm. and the currency has, gets weaker by the virtue of a weaker economy. And if it was a normal, like New Zealand said, our rates are symmetrical. And the New Zealand dollar got hit very hard because they could cut rates. Yeah. Nobody said they manipulating the currency. Yeah. So the question is, are you taking this whole trade issue and taking that narrative and overlaying it on a cyclically a, a little bit of a weak economy? Yeah. So this is the problem. We can't disentangle no. the two. It's interesting you're saying clearly that it's about the Chinese economy as opposed to trade tensions, which is which is causing this movement in the Yeah, market. I think it's. I think there's a mixture. But I don't think it's one or the mm. other. It's a mixture of both. I mean, if the if the Chinese economy and the GDP numbers were better than expected and they were raising rates and this was happening, they would be different. Okay, so stronger dollar, more pain in general for emerging market currencies? Well, I'm not sure if it's pain or not. I mean, some of them don't mind a weaker currency. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that it's the dollar that's moving ahead. And, and, and every day I find people saying this is the time to be buying other currencies. It's not. The dollar's yeah. not finished yet. Okay, uh, sterling Brexit. Let me ask you this: the um, the, the the options market um, yeah. is showing not that much interest in in sterling. You know, the the sterling volatility is pretty much where it's been most of the year. Which yeah, but low. I mean, I mean, euro sterling threatened to break through a very defined range uh, very recently mm. um, because it's actually, as you say, volatility has been low and euro sterling has been very well behaved, yeah. and that's. I mean. There could be a Brexit discount. The problem with the UK is structurally uh, there's talk of a big fiscal package towards the NHS, which is probably well needed. But the question we ask in FX is where's the money coming from? Yeah. Then we've got a big current account deficit. So the UK structurally not great. Yeah. Cyclically, we've seen recently yeah. the CPI numbers were a bit weaker than expected underlying. The retail, the retail sales were yeah. weaker. Yeah. Yet the central bank wants to raise rates. Yeah. And politically, it's very messy. So what's there to like? Uh, indeed, and therefore breaking through 130, which we now have, is uh, is a moment, is it? I'm not sure. I mean, people think take big stall in a, a number when you see a two and somehow yeah. something will happen. I'm not <laughs> sure what do, it will. That's the way the market it's, thinks. It, isn't absolutely it? it is. And um, I think it's in a precarious position, Sterling. And quite frankly, we've been bearish the whole year. And uh, hand on my heart, I wouldn't be buying it. Yeah. I mean, um, on the Bank of England, I suppose people want to know, are the Bank of England still going to raise rates in this data climate? Still, I mean, they told us they're going to raise they rates. They told us they were. They said they were data dependent, weren't they? So are they now Are they now moving? going to move off that, that position? Yeah, but they're data dependent to the data they choose. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. let's yeah, be some honest of it that, was all right, that yeah. the only reason everyone thinks the Bank of England is going to raise rates is the Bank of England told us they're going to raise rates, not yeah. because we worked it out for ourselves. Yeah. And I think the data recently has been quite weak, and this happened last time. They were going to raise rates. It was 86% priced in, and they, they pulled away. 
the way. So I think Sterling is responding more to the cyclicality of the economy at the moment than Brexit, actually. Yeah, but what about Brexit? I mean, is there a sense that this is this is been in, been calm, or rather, that investors have been on the sidelines? But actually, there's only so long that they can stay on the sidelines as this dreaded date comes into view. Yeah, and there was talk this morning, uh, I think it was in your own newspaper, in fact, uh, that there may be an extension to the dreaded date. (laughs) So uh, I I don't know how we're going to cope with that. I mean, we thought that we'd get to a point because, look, all currencies are a summation of the probability of different events, and they remain that way. But sterling will all crystallize into one point in time. And we thought we knew when that time was, but it may or may not be that time. So... The problem is a hard Brexit, a very hard Brexit, could Mm. be associated with, we have argued before, Mm. 110. But on the other hand, you have a soft Brexit and the Bank of England is raising rates. You're at 145. I mean, that's huge. So how do you do it? So the market goes, well, I don't know which one it is. And they just stay in the middle and they say, we'll wait to find out. David, we're coming into holiday period. Where are you going on your holidays? Uh, France. Excellent. Uh, are, you, um, are you minded to think that the, I mean, you t- tell us about your experience over recent years, but when we get into kind of, you know, late July, is, is, is the year pretty much set? Can we start to see where, where things are going to be range bound well, now for the rest of the year? Or is, are there surprises? I think the what happens is uh, we have the summer lull. September, October are huge months for markets. they very big yeah. months. There's still a lot to play for. Yeah. By November, maybe not. And then obviously by December, okay. everyone's thinking of next year. So there's still a lot to play uh, so for. So what are you looking out for? What's, what's, what are you circling big in your, in your calendar? Well, obviously I'm watching the Remimbi very closely yeah. now. Um, I would say I'm watching Turkey because that's a little bit worrying, the way yeah. the price action's been for the Turkish lira. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, those are two big things that are on the agenda at the moment. And, of course, the dollar and the Fed. I mean, there's still a lot to go for this year. I mean, people are resistant to this dollar rally. And if you yeah. keep resisting it, by the time you come to the end of the year, you might lose another 10%. And it's a drip, drip dollar rally. What we used to is Guts and thunder dollar rallies. Yeah. You know, dollar comes in, smashes everything and rallies yeah. and, and the market and everyone's galvanized into action. This is drip, drip, drip. This is a small moves every day. And before you know it, you look back and you're far down that path. You're yeah. lost. And, and in, just finally, in terms of um, on the political agenda, Brexit notwithstanding, but what, what else is, is kind of, do you think investors should be... Well, we've got the on? midterm elections. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What's going to happen there? I mean... Is that a this, turning point moment? Well, we, I mean, we, we can't even... My point is we are so engrossed in what's going on yeah. now, we can't even think to November. Yeah. So never mind 2019. We just, we, nobody's even talking about the midterm elections. Yeah. Because we, we've got to get over what's going to happen with autos at the moment and... There's a September date there, and then there's the recess in the UK, and uh, there's so much going on at the moment that I don't even think we can think about November. But then it's going to be the midterm elections, and that could be tasty. Okay. I asked asked at the beginning, just finally, David, about the two trends. Uh, So your answers on this. Dollar keeps marching higher? I think the dollar keeps marching higher practically across the board. And the pound keeps dropping? I think the pound uh, will drop a little bit, but I wouldn't say keeps dropping because it's cheap. The one thing we can say about the pound is cheap. Um, There's no doubt about that. On a fair value basis, this thing should be about 150 or so. So there's a lot in it. And as we were saying, as we were talking, why is the option market, et cetera, not not really taking notice of it? Because it's in there. There's something, there's a big margin in there. But it could still flip either way. 
So at this point, 130, I'm not really a buyer or a seller. That's the kind of level I like. That's my forecast for the end of the year for the moment. Okay, my thanks to David Bloom of HSBC. Hard currency is off itself on its own summer holidays. We'll be back in three weeks' time when liquidity is bound to have dried up and market jitters will be at their most jittery. Until then, from hard currency, it's goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.